0: Welcome to Running Down Corridors. Join Martin, Chris, and Abby as they navigate the universe of Doctor Who. In a change to our advertised schedule, here's an interview with Katie Manning.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest exciting installment of Running Down Corridors. I'm Martin, and here we have a slight change to the schedule. We were planning to talk about Tortured, Everything Changes. However, I've been on the waiting list to get a hip replacement. I need my right hip done, it's got arthritis, causes me a lot of pain. It's currently the 30th of January, Monday the 30th of January, and the hospital called me today and said they've had a cancellation, they can fit me in this Thursday. So on the 2nd of February, I go in to have my hip replaced. When I had my last one, it took me nearly a year to fully recover from it, so I will be going away for a little bit. Hopefully, Chris and Abby will still continue to host this podcast until I return. I've not Had a chance to talk to him. Literally, I got the call about an hour ago, and I didn't want to leave our fans without any content this weekend because I don't like it when we skip a week. So I thought I would re-upload this interview that Chris and I did with Katie Manning. Now, this originally went up on the Bad Wolf podcast feed, and a little context: this was recorded after the first lockdown in 2020. So you know that period where they let us out for a little bit. They were like, "Yeah, you can all go out now." Yeah, and then you get back in inside kids. Yeah, it was recorded just in that time. I've not had a chance to go back and re-listen to it. So we might talk about stuff that is very specific to 2020. Again, I just wanted to put this up because I didn't want to miss a week. I really appreciate all the love and support and reviews that we've been getting for the podcast. It means so much to me. It means so much to Chris and Abby. And I will see you when I'm back. Okay, so we're now joined by Katie Manning. Katie, hello. Hello. I think I'll start by asking you the most important question you can ask someone this year. How are you?
2: (laughs) As I dabbed my eye, I'm I'm absolutely terrific, but as you know, I've had this... Big problem since the um, first lockdown where I Mm. got these amoebas in my eyes and everything was going really well. And then last couple of days, something's happened and it's not very happy. So, as I say, forgive me for blotting my eye. We'll just forget that there's anything wrong at all. And that's why I'm wearing my glasses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Chris, how are you? Yeah, very well, very well. i asked ask Chris on KT because Chris is also a voice actor that's worked for Big Finish. We've, we've, we've met him, we've done we him. If I uh, could see
2: your face, I would know, Chris. What did uh, we do together?
0: I do the Patrick Troughton voice. So we did the lockdown thing with the oh, John Coleshaw
2: you were wonderful
0: oh thank you, you were just, yeah.
2: <laughs> well having worked with pat i know the voice well uh, <laughs> no you were terrific absolutely fabulous
1: oh. well done
0: thank you and uh, so were yourself oh it was a great little project i loved that
1: katie i <laughs> listened to not a well woman last night and it really impressed me <laughs> and you're
2: still it- okay today <laughs>
1: But you really impressed me because you do what is it, 25, 26 different voices in that?
2: Yes, and I don't do them separately. The only separate ones I okay. did was the uh, was the very naughty rap song, which obviously. <laughs> but everything else, I'm just talking into voice to voice to voice to voice, which is how I do voices. I don't do them separately. That's
1: hmm. really impressive.
2: Well, I did it on stage as well with me and Jezebel, where I played nine characters, including Betty Davis and a five-year-old child and a, a, an evangelist and all sorts of and husbands, and so, you know, I'm kind of used to doing that. Something I, I guess it's a part of my total insanity is that I can talk to myself in multiple voices. It
0: certainly helps, doesn't it?
2: You can do lots of voices, and they talk to each other in different emotions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is that something you've always had the ability to do?
2: Yes. Because yeah. of my sight, I used to, as a child, constantly be talking in voices. Very confusing to my parents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we saw the trailer, this week for the season eight Mm. box set i loved it i just want to know who do we have to write to to get a cliff and joe (laughs) spinoff
2: i you know there's been a huge amount of that is it that we really now have to just because we have this thing where we've got to have certain age groups and certain you know all of this in in everything now mm. and now we're saying "Oh, let's get a couple of old pensions and then we've done our quota for the ages <laughs> but you know what the thing is with joe and, and cliff is the fact that you know between them i mean he's a nobel peace prize winner she's been traveling in time and space i mean they make quite an interesting elderly couple with 13 grandchildren and seven children i think they're you know probably for international children too
1: yeah, yeah.
2: you know i think they're i think they're such a funny little couple and and could have some very interesting adventures together it's Because definitely as a said, series
1: waiting to happen mm.
2: well it's certainly different from everybody being sort of very young we've done all that and yeah. enthusiastic i think it's time to have a couple of old yeah. people around sorting out the planet
0: <laughs> absolutely
2: and of course, we've got freedom passes. So, you know, we're really t- 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 <laughs> a joy to do. And of course, it's just wonderful to be with Stuart because we're, oh God, well, we were engaged when we did the Green Death. So oh. we've been friends for many, many, many years. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it just never changes, that friendship, you know, even though we didn't yes. get married, probably just as well. That's why our friendship's still so strong. But, you know, he's such a wonderful actor and he, you know, we just kind of, Fall into it together, you know, and it was mm. a beautiful piece and written by Pete McTyne, directed by him, who's wonderful. Mm. And I just thought it was, it was, it made me smile. I don't like watching myself and you look at it once, but actually, when I watched it, I was surprised. I didn't look away. Um, <laughs> I actually, it was like a warm smile in my tummy. Does that make oh. sense?
1: Yeah. Your Absolutely. friendship definitely comes across on screen.
2: That's vital, isn't it? Because yeah. you, mm. You know, it was like in my day in Doctor Who. You've got if you've got those relationships and they're really strong, and and you have these bonds. I think it just takes it up to the next level and gives you, you know, without people realizing, you just really feel these people belong together. They really care about each other. And as an actor, you know, Chris would know this. You yeah. you have to create that with a complete stranger sometimes. You go <laughs> yes. to rehearse how do you do, and the next thing you know, you're kissing kissing passionately, and you've been married for ten is you know but when it when you've got it really there you know like tim Trelaw and i have it just takes it up to that next level where uh, people feel that really comfortable with you
1: you mentioned tim Trelaw there What's it like working with him? Because he does a oh. really great Patrick, uh, sorry, Patrick i a yeah. really great John Perzard. It's because I'm looking at I you, Chris. Know,
2: confusing. So many, I said, I said to someone the other day, I was standing there and I was working with three people who were, you know, now doing the voices for three people. Who are No longer with us. And I said, right. Who's going to do me when I fall off my perch? Oh.
1: <laughs> You're irreplaceable, but, Katie.
2: Oh, I don't think so. Anyway, oh, I just found a star stuck to me. Scarf as you do. Um, <laughs> Tim is, excuse me, I'm so emotional, uh, Tim is absolutely, he's one of those people, that the moment I met him, it was a bit like when I met John, there just was instantly that humour and that ability just to talk rubbish mm-hmm. to each other. Happily and laugh. And, you know, then there was a wonderful occasion where he rescued me from being locked in the toilet. And as he broke through the door, I just looked and I said, Now you are my doctor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, Chris, you also know this too. Oh God, are you weeping as well?
1: I'm steaming <laughs> up a bit. <laughs> Um, I'm getting all hot th- under the collar.
2: <laughs> Chris would know this too, that mm. it's not about do. you know, we can do yeah. voices and you say, my God, I can't tell the difference vocally between that person and that person. But mm. when you're doing these long audios like this, there has to be more than that. You have to yes. capture some of the heart and, and some of the soul of the person that you're playing. That's why it's very hard to take over, you know, as John did with The Brig, I think so yeah. brilliantly. And you've done. It's not just about the voice. In fact, the voice it's like a singer. You can sing a song and you can hit every note to absolute perfection but if that little bit of soul that little bit of heart isn't in it you'd rather have a few bum notes but someone telling you a story that's coming from the right place and Tim has really captured that as an actor absolutely brilliantly and I adore him, and we're very naughty together, and <laughs> that makes for a hell of a good team.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've always considered it with, especially with doing the Patrick Troughton, It's not necessarily, it's not an impression. I don't use the word no. because it's, it's more of a performance, an emulation exactly. of it. It's sort of exactly, yeah. People and, talk uh,
2: about, oh, my friend does a wonderful impression. Well, that's lovely and applaudable. Yeah. And impressions have a huge place in, in in our business. Yeah, yeah. But there are other things. You know, it's like when I was playing Betty Davis. You know, mm. I wanted to capture. It wasn't just about absolutely nailing Betty's voice. It was nailing Betty, yeah. which is easy. And then, you know, I think too, it, it's it's really really important. The body language, as you know, is the oh, voice. Yeah. You know, people don't. Re- We're not just sitting there on a stool. Oh. We are performing, but you have to perform in this very kind of narrow way. Oh, yeah. you can't over. I occasionally get a bit carried away and then you get like water glasses going <laughs>
0: over. <laughs> Whenever I do try this, so I've almost got like the frown face on, yes. you know, it's sort of like that. And then it sticks and then the rest just seems to come across naturally. Well, that's yeah. it.
2: You've got to find the physicalities, which yeah. of course able to help tim with because because even when i was doing john because i mean one forgets i was doing john the master the brig for yeah. a long time it was never about me trying to get this perfect but i knew the feeling i yeah. knew the heart i knew the moment that he would hold my chin or look at me in it or put his hand you know or put his hand behind those yeah, things yeah. and it, it really as you know the the physicality is so, so important. I mean, I couldn't just sit down on a chair and do it, could you, so to speak?
0: No, no, not <laughs> at all. I, that's, I have to do it standing. It's, the only, I think, the only way, because... You, you know, need your whole Pat, body. Pat does something with his hands, you know. He's like, "Oh my word!" You know, he's putting yes, his hands together. Right. He's doing too. things yeah. like that, and uh, yeah, you could. You have
2: that. to do that because yeah. if you don't do that, you're putting the the whole yeah. thing in a crate jacket. You no, know, even when I played John, it, I would do all the, and when I play little kiddies, and I go mm. up on tiptoe because yeah. something makes something happen as soon as you do that. <laughs> yes, you know. Right. And, and, changes and then you know when you get into everything it's like when you're doing a dialect isn't it you mm. can't do new york sitting down with your hands in your lap no <laughs> you might be <laughs> able to do south there because that's a stiller you know but it's every yeah. dialect whether it's english or american or whatever there's a different physicality with it which you have to find
0: absolutely absolutely
2: that's it i'm done <laughs> so,
1: yeah, <going laughs> Going back to what you were saying, Katie, when you were when you were doing John and the Brig, like you said, you did manage to capture their essence in in your performance. Well,
2: nobody ever questioned it. No. So if people aren't questioning it, then something's okay, you know. I'm, and it, it's one of those things, isn't it, that you you can imagine. I mean, I was even resistant to doing Joe because I know that David Richardson tried for some time to get me to do it, and I said, "Why would I do it without John?" Yeah. Why would I? joe without plus of course when when i'm standing in the studio now and i've got john colshaw and i've got tim Trenor and i've got daisy ashford and i'm suddenly i'm playing a 19 year old i'm <laughs> old enough to be their great grandmother <laughs> and, and all you can say is thank god for audio <laughs>
1: <laughs> i bet you My have wife. more energy than all of them combined though
2: it has been said.
1: <laughs> Where does that come from? Because you are just this ball of positivity and your Twitter timeline is just testament to that. How, how do you choose your attitude every day and decide that, yeah, I'm going to be positive? I
2: don't. I don't. It, it, you know, when I'm doing interviews, sometimes I've had an awful lot of drama and problems and battles to fight in my life, but I don't take them with me. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm, I'm not a result of all those things. You, you. I very, very much live in the moment. And some people think, oh, she's so one dimensional. She's always just so jolly. Well, if I'm not feeling jolly, I'm not going to talk to anybody for a minute until I centre yeah. myself. But I, I feel that if something's happening to me in life, and I, I know not everybody can do what I'm saying, but if something is traumatic and i have had a lot of traumatic things in my life but i don't want to make them traumatic because they're in the past so i don't want to relive them but what you do is you take something you think okay i can't do this i can't do that i can't do the other what can i do so my life is always spent thinking how can i change this how can i you know how if i can't you know i I used it the other day i said well if i can't see very well i can use my eyes and my mouth you know i mean Mm. there's Always looking for another way around dealing with the problems that life will bring us and the and and the dramas, but not dragging them around with you so that you're always a result of them. And I okay. think that yeah. means that I'm constantly kind of I've only got to glimpse a flower and I feel yeah. a strange joy and excitement because I'm looking all the time for the things that are beautiful in life. I don't get involved in all that kind of, you know. As soon as something happens in politics, everybody's banging on. And as I keep saying, you know, coulda, shoulda, didn't. Hmm. What can do? And I think that changes how you look at life, rather than always saying, "Oh, the oh, it's disaster." Oh, it it, that doesn't get us anywhere, does it?
0: No, not at all. So that's a spectacular answer
2: like yeah. you know, too sunny, but this is honestly how I am. I've always been this way. I really have, you know, even through really troubled times, I kind of bounce up and go, okay, well, how am I going to deal with this? Yeah. You know, it's just, and I think um, that does make a difference to how you wake up. I mean, I'm listen, I'm pleased to wake up in the morning. Mm. Surely we could start there with our day instead of waking up and thinking, oh good, I'm alive. I wake up and think, well, I'm still here. <laughs> That's a bonus. Okay.
1: That's a great attitude yeah. to have. <laughs> I
2: quickly take me pulse. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to ask, what was it like when you went on to the Sarah Jane adventures?
2: No, I'm not crying about that. It was quite frightening because I, believe you me, I was not expecting that. that you know, I yeah. don't see oh, I wonder if one day I'll ever come back in Doctor Who. That's never crossed my mind. Mm. And especially when you're walking down the street trying to find a theatre and the phone rings and it's a gentleman called uh, Russell. Who's, and I say, hello, who's that? Because I'm looking for somewhere and I can't see, so I'm squinting around. And, and he said it's Russell. Because <laughs> I say, Russell who? And <laughs> anyway, so it, it, I was absolutely flabbergasted. I really was. My flabber was deeply gasted. And I, 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 I was a little nervous because I thought, well, who wants to see Joe trudging back, clutching her senior's pass, you know? But the script was so beautiful and it was so perfect that that's exactly how joe's life would have gone mm. I, I do know that people are, you know a lot of people like to either write their own stories of what happened to their character well i can't think of anything i'd want to do less or <laughs> i mean you know or somebody wrote that joe lived alone in a cottage and was divorced well i don't know what kind of joe they thought she was <laughs> you know i can't see joe living in a cottage divorced being miserable i mean yeah. <laughs> people. So it was wonderful to come back this way. And I love the fact that she had all these children. That's so Joe, you know, just dropping kids at the bottom of a mountain saying, I don't know, call it Santiago, you know, and <laughs> the love she would have had for those children. And, and and both of them as parents would have been fabulous parents to have. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so when I got to do it, but it was so touching working with, with Liz, who obviously we, we'd had, many conversations about, you know, her going with Tom. It sounds like we sound like a couple of tea. She went with Tom and I went with John. Um, (laughs) But, you know, her absolute, because I think she's so brilliant and I have such admiration for her and also how she played Sarah Jane and she really shone brilliantly with Tom. And we had lots of discussions about those that particular time. So we had a lot in common. We got, we were really good friends and I knew she wasn't very well. And it was an absolute honour to work with her and to see these two characters that had shared so much and were able, and they were very different people. Liz said to me, oh, it's great having you here. She said, because my character's always just a little bit, you know, kind of serious and suddenly in comes Joe, bang, crash, wallop, <laughs> done.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: and and it so she said it gave me a chance to lighten up you know a character which was should have been played exactly the way she was playing it, but it was nice just to see the difference when they got together. And then working with an actor like young Mac Smith. I mean, I love working with new young actors. I find them so exciting. One's learned a lot from all the actors and the brilliant people that one's worked with in the past. You you know this, Chris. You never stop learning. You can't sort of still be doing the same kind of acting. Well, you won't know this, but in the (laughs) 60s, when we did a very dialogue, you know, you have to just constantly be moving and changing and learning. And we can teach younger actors things. They can teach us stuff. And that's the wonders of this business, that we can all teach each other. And to watch Matt, his physicality was so exciting. He was so generous and so sweet because that scene that we did together, you know, you don't want to make those scenes like deeply over emotional or, you know, it's a touching little moment. And he said to me, I'm with you all the way. Go where you need to go. Take your time. Oh. Because for me, it was a double emotion because suddenly yeah. when I'm playing it, I'm suddenly I'm now going to dab my eye, not because i I'm crying, but,
0: because,
2: um, but I did cry. But you know, I was I had all that wonderful memory of all those times, and I don't think about it very often. Yeah, I talk about it, but you know, and every now and again, you're talking about it, and you get quite emotional. But suddenly, there I am imagining this whole situation, and suddenly the imagination became a reality. And you know, the, the faces were between John and everything were morphing in my head, and the moments that we shared, and and there was it, it, it was. A, a really beautifully written moment and a moment that, as an actress, I didn't want to overplay. Working with him was an absolute joy. He was asked what it was like working with me. Now, coming from Matt Smith, who we know is divinely bonkers, yeah. he said, she's as mad as a box of frogs.
0: <laughs> um,
2: hello. <laughs> I'm grateful it was exciting. And isn't it nice to have played a character that you can bring back? Yeah. I'm re- happy to have played this woman who just keeps on tracking along.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've always thought every time I see uh, anyone play the Doctor, I always believed they were the previous ones, you know. So when I watched that scene, I could see that sort of glimpse of John... We in there, which was just fantastic. It was just such a beautiful scene. I don't think you overdid it at all. I think it was nailed perfectly. Well, you
2: know, you as I looked at him, and when she got that thing, Mm. she saw what you're saying. You see, I saw in him, and it was that moment when she realised, and so that. Why filled the tears with laughter because it really is you. I mean, you know, that's a joy with held back tears, isn't it? You know, you know that old chestnut, you don't just sort of burst out crying. There's always that build to it, and then quite often the joy through the tears. It was an amazing, beautiful script from Russell T. Davis. Mm -hmm. We were very lucky that he brought Doctor Who back. I mean, we couldn't have had a better person to restart this incredible. Show and the casting, you know. Well, very fond of the first two that came out of that box. I went, Hello, (laughs) this is gonna work. Yeah, Um, and I think it's amazing. And I think all these people, as you know, Chris, have been huge Doctor Who fans. This inspired them in their lives to do what they do. Yeah. And we know that it helps a lot of people through difficult times, but it also has inspired virtually everybody I work with yeah. has been inspired by this, you know, all the big finish and, you know, everything. And as I say, if it continues to be made this way with this love, that it ha- goes right back to the very first with Hartnell and all the dedication yeah. that went into creating this, the show will continue to run. If it's ever taken over because somebody says, oh, we've got to keep this going, it's a successful show, we, there's money, you know, da, 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 it's on its ass. In my opinion.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: You know, the love of those two hearts just keeps all beating away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you joined Doctor Who when it was already a success and been running for a while. So, what was it like joining something that far in?
2: Well, it was a different success. Mm. Forget. Hmm. I came in with colour. We brought in the master. We took the army and put them in proper uniforms, which I think made a huge difference to Nicholas Courtney's
0: character. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, suddenly, boom. And so it was a new time because... Although we know there was an adult audience, it was still very much a programme that was based in the time that it was shown, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It had been created as a children's programme. I mean, I know everybody says, oh, but it's, no, it's not. That's the wonders of who. But it hadn't really picked up the audience of the older people. That you know, we got suddenly in John's era, it went right up in its figures because mm. suddenly you were bringing in, you know, teenagers, you were bringing in, you know, it started to get this cult feeling from students and things. So the audience was growing. And I think a few people that, you know, parents who were waiting for the football results thought, oh, this is good. Oh, I'm going to yeah. watch this. And, you know, it, so it was actually on the move then, but never and even to this day, I think we should never lose the fact that it should be watched by any age group. And there are subtleties in it, as in our day, you know, we're to do with plastics, to do with pollution, to do with the Vietnam War. Mm. But they they don't should never override the adventure. They're there. Agreed. If you want them and you are a person that can see them, they're there. But I think we must never... Ever let go of the beautiful heart of these exciting adventures.
1: How soon after Doctor Who Was It that you moved to Australia? Because you hosted your own channel. Oh show
2: God, yes, darling. I okay. had I had twins in I mean, I went into the West End. I did I did a lot of tele. I did two shows for Douglas Canfield. I did a play of the month. I did Target. So I played a junkie and probably one of the first lesbians on television. It was a true court case. And then I played junkie. I did serendipity, which is teaching people arts and crafts. I was in the West End for three years. I did a whole bunch of stuff. I played it. I was at the Edinburgh Festival playing a 16-year-old mass murderous girl guy, as you do. And so by 1978, during that time, you know, my, my father had got his OBE and one thing, another, and... He said to me, well, there's your challenge. I said, I'll be lucky if I ever get damehood from doing pantomime, darling. And I've never done pantomime. But <laughs> so by 1978, there's some photos that go around on the internet that of me at the 15th anniversary of Doctor Who with, with Tom Baker, John Pertwee, Pat Droughton, a little tiny Sean Pertwee in it. I was cutting the cake for the 15th anniversary, and i just had twins about five months prior to oh. that. So when the twins were so poorly, and I don't go into all the drama of that. It's lovely if you want all the drama, but I'm not going. (laughs) You know, I can, but I won't. But if it helps people, you know, when I'm talking to other women who've had situations with difficulties and so on. Anyway, they were very, very ill for a very long time. And I tried everything. And then it was suggested, you know, a warmer climate might help because they had no immune systems. They'd been broken down through... Prematurity and then an illness. So I took off with one suitcase, I had one telephone number, and I zoomed off to Australia. My girlfriend wanted me to go to America. It didn't feel right. Even though I have family there, I just you know thought no yeah. my father had said australia you know blah 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 years before was really great for children when they're young not necessarily when they're older and so i took off to australia came back again they were sick again i did a play in london and then i went back again and so it would have been 1982 oh, when wow. i okay. actually moved to australia so oh, wow. yeah
1: you hosted your own talk show didn't you
2: well, that was fascinating because I had the most amazing guests. You know, I mean, I had, I had Simon. Oh, God, I'm going to go blank on every name now. And I had Simon Bay, <laughs> Lenny Henry, Tula Clark, Robson Green. Oh. I, I mean, I can go I mean, I can name drop my... Oh, and then John Plowman. Wonderful. And I really enjoyed that. But I also did a huge amount of theatre. I started directing, which I'd never done before because my partner said to me, you'd be a wonderful. I directed a musical. I directed Shirley Valentine. I did three years playing Educating Rita. I appeared at the Opera House many times. And that's when I started doing voices because oh, I'd yeah. always done voice for fun. Yeah, yeah. Like John Pertwee said, you've got to do this. And I went, oh, no, I just do it for a giggle. Because you know, I don't do impersonations as such. I do wacky voices. you know. I mean, I'm just voicing a few at the moment, which I'll name one of. I'm I'm a very kind of slightly distressed but very excited vending machine. I'm much better at doing inanimate objects. It's like when I'm with my granddaughter, you know, everything talks. Walls talk,
0: yeah. doors yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, so that's more my thing. I just make weird noises. And so my partner over there, Barry, said, you've got to do something. And so I went to the top voiceover agent there and I said, well, look, I don't really know how to do all this. And he listened to the tape that I'd made and he said, I'm going to put you out as the voice to get when you don't know what you want. <laughs> 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 And I did so many cartoons. I won an award for one of the characters. I won a palm d'or as a best cartoon character. I I did masses of stuff and theatre and had the most extraordinary time and my children got to be healthy. I
1: was gonna ask how they now, brilliant.
2: Well, as good as any kids can get. No, um, <laughs> you know I've well, done I just my best. I looked
1: at my son then. So.
2: <laughs> Listen, they are absolutely. I it, because they're a boy and girl. I often say I feel sometimes because they're very different to their mother. I feel like sometimes I feel like I've given birth to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love having children. I have an adopted daughter who's now got grandchildren. You know, all the things I often don't talk about much. <laughs> I tell so much. And then I, I was doing an interview the other day, I confess, and I was self-editing all the way through. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Because I live in the moments and sometimes this mouth opens.
1: it's it's really easy to do and I guess someone in your position has to be so careful of what you say a paper will take it and twist it
2: oh well exactly I'm used to that and they'll do that anyway whatever you do you know I come over as probably you know terribly kind of ooh, everything's so wonderful but you know (laughs) I also am extremely protective of my early life because of the kind of people I was hanging out with or living with as well and when you are with people of the, as known as that, you become very protective. You don't talk about them. You can tell the odd mm-hmm. funny story, but also you have to remember that to be in the lives of those kind of people, you have to honour those things, and you know that you just don't, i just don't like talking about too much really on on that side of my life because there's a lot of name dropping which i'm not going to do right now because it's sort of everybody looks at those people as oh my god because they're looking at them from the point of view of being a fan i'm looking at them from point of view of having grown up with these people sure. all around me they're just chums oh, well, how did you feel they did this movie and that on their huge star? Well, that's great, but you're not in their lives because yeah. you're going, oh, wonderful. You're in their lives because you just, that's how your life went. Simple, really.
1: <laughs> Katie, uh-huh. I know you're busy, so we'll probably let you get on now, but I've really enjoyed this chat and I think I've yeah, smiled more today <laughs> than I have smiled this entire lockdown. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, look, you're so welcome. And, and I'm sorry, I'm Debbie. And Chris, it's just lovely to see you, darling. And, and you. I truly applaud the job that you've done. You, oh, thank you, you. I know you're really good at what you do, but that is so excellent. You really are amazing.
0: Oh, thank you.
2: And Keep doing what you're doing, and oh gosh, I hope we get to work together one day.
0: Oh, I hope so. I, I'd love to do so. If ever a random person is needed in a big finish, I'd love to jump in.
2: <laughs> well, as I say, I would absolutely adore to work with you. Say, so, but if not, I'll just have to listen to you and become a fan of yours, which I already. Oh, no, so, thank you. Applause for oh, you. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you very much. Thank and applause so much. to
2: Martin for being so patient, and his his son. Who I think has been even more patient
1: I with all of the. No, he's awake. He's awake. <laughs> Is he awake? Yeah, he's awake.
2: <laughs> well, if not, let's all shout at him and I'll wake him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Bye-bye. Martin.
2: Thank you so, for being so patient with me about oh, getting no this done.
1: No problem. That's all right.
2: <laughs> Goodbye, my darlings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, I've got to press the right button now. Where is it? <laughs> oh, it's the old person. I can see it. And it's gone again. Oh, you bugger. <laughs> Sorry, apologise. Oh, look, where is it? I'm trying to leave you.
1: <laughs> this is what I'm going to be like when I have to come off.
2: Oh, God, this is a long divorce.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a button on there? That just says leave. Oh,
2: I can see it, and I press, and I keep pressing it, and it bounces back to your faces. Huh. Right, it says leave. I'm left, uh, haven't I? You're still here. <laughs> oh, this is stupid. I'm pressing leave.
1: Oh, there we go. There you go. She's gone. She's gone. <laughs> oh, Chris, how great was that, mate? That was amazing. That was. Uh, thank you very much for including me. Oh, mate, she knew who you are. Oh, it's so lovely. (laughs) I've genuinely smiled more through that than I have this entire second lockdown. (laughs) She's just brilliant. I love her she's she's
0: incredible absolutely incredible (laughs) no I do appreciate it thank you for bringing me along it was really lovely
1: to. okay and there we have it there was our interview with Katie Manning I hope you've enjoyed it
0: you have been listening to Running Down Corridors please consider leaving us a five star review on your podcast app of choice like this one by Narodit Ergasm. there are a lot of Doctor Who podcasts out there most of whom are absolutely outstanding however RDC stands apart from them all they clearly love Doctor Who but they're not afraid to laugh at it either. Listening to them is like chatting with mates down the pub. There's no navel gazing here. Running down corridors is part of the Bad Wolf Network. Visit badwolf.com for information on all other shows.